this universe, we look at a lot of things like failure is not such a bad thing. If you're not failing, you maybe you're not trying hard enough. Welcome to Ending Pending. Ending. Weird, weird audio we got right there. It's mm-hmm. gonna be weird. That's gonna be weird. That's in the business what we call a peak. Ending Pending is a podcast where we discuss television shows which have only lasted for a single season. I'm your host, Andy. I'm doing this all out of order, aren't I? A little bit. Yeah, yeah a little bit. A little yeah, bit. that's I'm, okay. I'm... I'm the, the intentions of William Shakespeare, and I'm Evan. I'm Prince Dingus, and I'm Ronnie. Oh, I should have said I'm the Doge. Must uh, much Venice. Much Venice. Very mask. Real wow. Doge bag, you know. Uh, I'm your host, Andy. If you can <laughs> tell by those introductions, ending pending, still stars crossed. It's real bad. But before we get into that, I have a bit. What's your bit? Give me the bit. Give me the bit. Put the bit in my mouth like a baby bird. What? You putting baby birds in your mouth? No, like I'm the baby bird and the bit oh, is the worm. Oh, I got you. I understand now. <laughs> uh, this this show's bad. That's my bit. We're, 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 <laughs> we're jumping ahead that's a little bit. That's the show. That's the, that's the whole premise oh, of our oh, show. Shit. You can't blow it on the bit. If you just want to jump ahead, we can jump ahead. But no, you don't no, have to I have to do a, a bit. bit. It's tradition. What is tradition. the What is the tradition. best? Alternative Shakespeare you've seen. Oh. Alternative hmm. Shakespeare. Alternative Shakespeare. So you you could say uh, the Sharks and the Jets. Sure. The West Side Story. You could say that. No one should, but you could... And, like, West Side Story is great, but I'm using it for the example, so now no one else can say it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, like, a weird alternative Shakespeare. I'm going to cheat a little bit and say... The Lion King. I was gonna say the Lion King. It. I mean, I think the Lion King is. It's just, really fucking good. It's it's just the best alternative Shakespeare there is. Yeah, it, I mean, the Lion King is very good, and all of us have nostalgic feelings about it because Disney had a monopoly on childhood yeah. when we were coming up. You know, so. Um, I don't know. The reason I said I was cheating a little bit is because I I have heard a lot of hashtag internet discourse that mm. the Lion King is based on uh, Hamlet. You don't know that Hamlet though. Well no, I, I have I have read Hamlet. Oh okay. Okay. Um, that was me cracking open a beer. I'm sorry for the rip audio. it and rip it. Baby <laughs> Fuck yeah spring break. <laughs> um, I was gonna say I don't I don't believe I could be very wrong I don't believe that The Lion King was meant to be an interpretation of Hamlet. I think it just happens to have the same story beats. I don't know, though. Maybe I should Google that while everyone else I is getting their bits. I think it's gotta be. It is, like, it is, I mean, there's, you know, there's no Timon and Pumbaa in Hamlet, but basically, they're just clowns. Rafiki's the there. Clowns. Rafiki's there. Um... <laughs> No, he's not. <laughs> what did, you, he was what did you make me agree with that? Ronnie, what's your answer? Uh, I mean, I was going to say Lion King. Um, say Lion King 2, Simba's Pride. 
Ten Things I Hate About You is pretty good. Oh, so good. It's really good. It's a, it's a, yeah, it's it's a real good. And there's no equivocating. Like, there's no. I can never get that word right. There is no. It. What is it? Equivocating. Is it just equivocating? Okay. I don't there know. Grip it, rip it, baby. I'm on spring break. Yeah, I got no clue. Is, there is no like two ways about it. That is a taming of the shrew ripoff in like, and I say ripoff in the best possible way. Um, it is like yeah. the characters are named the same thing. It's, it's real fun. It's got Heath Ledger, um, our, our good, good friend, Heath Ledger from roar. It's, it's just, it's a good, good flick. And it's also based on Shakespeare. The, uh, the, the, Creators of The Lion King have claimed that it was based on both the Bible and Hamlet. Oh, sure. Who the fuck is he in the Bible? It says, and I'm just reading this on the Goog. um, Filmmakers have said that the story of The Lion King was inspired by the lives of Joseph and Moses from the Bible and William Shakespeare's Hamlet. There's very little Joseph or Moses in that. Joseph and Moses. They cited that before they cited Hamlet, so there's no... There's no gay pride cloak. There's there's no plagues. I I understand. N- is Scar Moses? No, no. I get I get Moses because like he was Simba was exiled by a family member because he was believed to have killed. I mean, he was Moses mm. actually did kill someone, but mm. uh, yeah, Simba, Moses did a murder. Simba was made to believe that he had killed someone and was uh, forced to to flee into the desert by his uncle, which is, I mean, the, that, anyway, the point is he was forced to flee into the desert and spent a long time in exile, uh, you know, reaching his, his, uh, ideological maturity and then had to return to the place that he was exiled from to reckon with his past. So I, 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 I can see the Moses thing there. It's not the most, traditionally cited aspects of Moses's story like there's no basket involved everyone knows that bit of Moses but yeah I think the exile into the desert thing is a Moses motif Superman is a better Moses than Simba but I completely reject the creators of Lion King's premise about their film Lion King Um, (laughs) yeah what a a bunch of numpties get out of here with your nonsense Andy what's your best alt Shakespeare so if you had asked me two days ago, uh, I would have answered with Lost Stars, which is by Claudia Gray and is Romeo and Juliet, but in, in Star Wars. Um, instead of Montagues and Capulets, they're rebels and Imperials, and they fall in love, and they, they blow up a Star Destroyer. It's great. But uh, I have since read Sandman, and there is a phenomenal issue of Sandman where uh, Sandman makes a deal with Billy Shakes and you don't know what the deal is. And then like six or seven issues later, it goes back to that deal. And part of it was that in order for Billy to have like more vivid dreams and to be able to capture those dreams in the written word he had to write and perform two plays for Morpheus and one of the Morpheus is the Sandman 
And one of those plays is uh, A Midsummer Night's Dream, and they have to uh, play it for the Fae Court that it is written about. So, like, Oberyn and Puck and Titania are all there watching Billy Shakes and his Merry Men perform A Midsummer Night's Dream and, like, commenting on the events of it. And it is just so much fun. I appreciate so much that you brought something to the table that wasn't as basic a response as and as Evan and I brought. Is I was trying to think of a deep cut, but this uh, issue of Sandman uh, won a very like prestigious short story award, and it's the first comic book to have ever won that award. And even if you don't read any other Sandman ever, uh, if you've seen or read A Midsummer Night's Dream, you could pick up this issue and read it and just get a real hoot and a half out of it. It's very Love it. good. Love it. Um, Shakespeare in Love. I can't believe none of us said that. That's a fun one. I wouldn't say that's like an alt-Shakespeare. That's like a, a, a Shakespeare it's an, autobiography. Shakespeare fan fiction. It's yeah. still an alt-Shakespeare, I think. I mean, Shakespeare in Love is very good. It has... Because um, isn't it, it? It's got bits of like each of his plays like coming out in his life. Kind oh, damn. of. What I should have said was I should have said George Lucas in Love. It's a famous fan film from like twenty years ago that George fucking loves. It's real funny. <laughs> okay. It's like Just, George in college experiencing all of the events of the Star Wars. Oh, that's actually very and good. like inspiring him to write. A New Hope. That actually sounds but it's, amazing. it's also like the the plot of Shakespeare in Love. And like George is just so tickled by it. He talks about it a bunch. That is precious. Oh, George. Oh, weird Uncle George. Oh, George. Oh, oh George. He's a fun guy. Let's, let's talk about this Let's talk show. about this show. We watched three episodes to put the <sighs> capstone on, uh, on good old uh, Still Star-Crossed. Mercifully um, for us, they only made seven of these. They only made seven. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thank God. Oh my goodness. Can you imagine if this was like 12 episodes? It would have been a lot more episodes to cover, and that would have been not ideal. Uh, <laughs> That's Evan, such tell a it. diplomatic way of putting it, Ronnie. Thank you. <laughs> well, we got all those still Starcross fans listening to Ending. I know, ending. I know. I have to I have to hedge my bets a little bit. I'm trying I'll, to keep keep my... I'll go, keep ahead my uh, I'll go ahead and point out, I'm sure that the book is better. I mean, oh, like, yeah, I'm sure the book is fine. I'm not dissing I can't wait the people to read who this like book. the premise. I, I can't wait to read this book, then come back to report on it, and just flame how bad this book actually is. Because we've been <laughs> we have been protecting this book, but I I think this book has to answer for its crimes too. I'm gonna trust that the book is better. I'm gonna believe it in my heart. Well, don't tell us about the book, Evan. Why don't you tell us about these three episodes of Still Starcross? I guess I gotta episode. Five. I haven't been uh, reading out the episode titles the way I normally do for this show, but episode five is entitled Nature Hath Framed Strange Fellows in Her Time. So Benvolio, as you will recall from last episode, he was framed for a murder. And he's convinced that Friar Lawrence is like in on it and like has dirt somehow and he's going to be able to catch him and like shake him down or something so that he'll like you know, testify that this was all a, a, a frame-up. Uh, so Benvolio, like, Friar Lawrence, uh, like, flees Verona, and Benvolio chases after him 
also because the law is after Benvolio, so he's, like, on the lam. And uh, Rosalind's like, look, I'm deep in this. I'm gonna go with you. Like, I've, I've been trying to defend you. Nobody believes me. I'm gonna go with you. We're gonna sort this out. We're gonna figure this shit out. We're gonna solve this this mystery together. And then they do all the fan fiction things. So they go out into the the countryside and they camp and there's only one cloak and they gotta <laughs> share the cloak and then they go to a it's a is it an inn or a monastery or something I don't know but they go they go to a place and there's only one bed you know the, all of the fan fiction tropes where they grudgingly must be physically close to each other and you know are sh- sharing a a, um, a, a goal that they have to accomplish, even though they hate each other. Um, then there's this subplot where... Uh, oh, this subplot. I'm, Aeschylus is... Oh, we, boy. We this don't is, often comment. We don't have, often interrupt you, Evan, to comment on, on your, your synopsis, but... Don't we? Oh, boy, howdy. <laughs> Why, do you feel like you get interrupted a lot? Boy, howdy. <laughs> this, this, this subplot is... Chef's kiss, but the opposite of that. What happened? This is, uh, you're you're gonna. It's, it'll sound familiar when I start talking about yeah. it. Yeah. So Aeschylus's sister, whose name escapes me, Isabel. Um, Isabel, Aeschylus's sister. Oh, she's sh- like semi in. She's like she's not in charge of Verona, but she's like in the royal family. I don't exactly know how the power structure worked in Italy at this time. She, she got to learn to show her titties. Yeah, yeah. Um, so she goes to Venice, and the guy in charge of Venice is called the Doge, which is real fun. <laughs> and he's the worst. He's like real bro, real fuckboy, real horny, real horny, real fuckboy, real horny. just the worst. And uh, she's. Her end game is to, like, get his favor so that, like, he won't exert control over Verona, so he'll, like, mind his own business in Venice, so he'll, like, leave her family alone so that she can keep, like, running shit in Verona. And in order to do this, she's like, I gotta seduce him, but I don't actually want to fuck him, though. It's very important to me that I don't fuck him, but my whole strategy relies on seducing him, but I'm not going to fuck him, though. And so there's all of these, like, like edgy scenes where they talk about sex stuff because this show, like, really desperately wants to be Game of Thrones, and I don't really know why, but anyway... Uh, there's, a, like, very much talk about how insatiable the Doge is, which is just very funny because he's a, Hearst, a human person and not a Shiba Inu. Um, uh, yeah, he's a horny, insatiable hornyman. And so, like, Isabel, like, plots with, like, a courtesan so that she can keep pulling these sitcom scenarios so that he thinks he's gonna bang her and then there's some like excuse where he where like she doesn't have to bang him like they're they they pretend she's on her period for a while 
like that's real you know subversive or whatever so yeah there's just this doesn't go anywhere or do anything and i don't know what the point is of even having the doge in here and like what that has to do with anything but anyway she's off trying to like seduce this dude without fucking him which is just a bad plan anyway uh episode six is entitled hell is empty and all the devils are here which is you know arguably the the best known Shakespeare quote, besides maybe to be or not to be. It's also um, a plot in Sandman. Mm-hmm. But anyway. Um, so Paris, you will remember Paris as the guy who was wounded and was seducing Livia, um, Rosalind's sister. Uh, he's, he's like a shadow figure who's been like pulling strings this whole time and he's like seducing her... For nefarious purposes. I don't actually know what his, like, political position is, but he's got power somehow, because he turns up with a whole army at some point. So I I guess he's just, like, a noble family and has spent a bunch of money maybe hiring mercenaries. I don't know. The, the guy wants to be in charge. And so uh, he's, like, orchestrating all of this chaos so that he can come out on top, really, is what's happening. This guy, Paris, who is injured and, like, we've, he's just kind of been a side character this whole time. Uh, he he uh, gets a better hairdo to signify that he's evil now, and we, the audience, should know that. Uh, and uh, he convinces the, the Capulets that uh, Benvolio has kidnapped... Rosalind, and so he goes out to like rescue her and to capture Benvolio and bring him to justice. And he turns up at wherever they're at, and like they arrest Benvolio, and Rosalind is like, "I he didn't kidnap me though. Like, y'all, what what the fuck are you talking about? I wasn't kidnapped. I went along, and also he's innocent, by the way. So please stop all this. Uh, and also, I don't remember if. Oh, I, I did talk about this in the last series of episodes, but uh, the Montagues now have control of this chapel that the Capulets had been building for, like, the last several generations and then ran out of money right before it was completed. And uh, the Capulets, rather than letting the Montagues have it, just burn the thing to the ground. And, like, the Montagues are real pissed about it. Um... Episode 7, entitled Something Wicked This Way Comes, uh, Rosalind is trying to convince um, Aeschylus that Benvolio did not murder a guy and also Defo did not kidnap her. And Aeschylus is like, well, I don't believe you. You gotta prove it. And she's like, I, look, I was the one who was kidnapped and I'm telling you right now that I wasn't kidnapped. Like, what? what I don't understand what you want from me. And he's like, well... It would be really convenient if I just got to, like, kill this dude, Benvolio, to be honest with you. Like, it would just solve a lot of problems he, for me. He keeps and, saying that by by murdering Benvolio, who he knows is innocent, but, like, if he executes <laughs> Benvolio, the Montagues and Capulets will stop fighting. Yeah. And it, it's like, yeah. how? Yeah, he, he does say that. He's like, Rosalind, why are you defending this guy? If, if we just kill him... Uh, it'll solve all of the problems between your two families. And she doesn't seem to question this. 
But as we were watching, Andy and I were like, what? How? What are you talking about? They've been they, fighting for no reason for generations. And also the Capulets just burned down that church. Like they just escalated this situation. Mm-hmm, Nobody's mm-hmm. even paying attention to Benvolio anymore. But anyway, they, they do create an alliance, like like an on paper alliance, like. Oh, like, we'll, you know, kill Benvolio, and also, like, you'll get your... It's, they make a deal with the Capulets and Montagues that, like, well, as long as we kill Benvolio, you guys will be cool, right? And both of them agree. But, but, that's the whole point, is that nothing, like, nothing stays. Like, it's gonna, it's not these two old men who are fighting in the streets, it's everyone that's in league with them. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and also, like, there's no way they uphold that there's no way even like performatively there's not a chance right um like i said they've been fighting for like however like them fighting is such a thing that we don't even know why they're fighting it's just taken as a given that they are fighting and will be fighting forever so this is it's very dumb um yeah so Escalus is like sorry tote's gonna kill benvolio we're tote's gonna public execute him it's gonna it's gonna be good um, Rosalind's like, okay, fine, I guess, I guess, like, I'm not gonna convince you. So, they, they put him on a platform and everything, and they're gonna execute him, and, uh, Aeschylus is like, actually, I've decided I'm gonna, I'm gonna pardon this dude. And everyone's like, what? And then the camera, like, pans out to Paris, outside the city, with a bunch of armed dudes like he's gonna invade and he does an evil guy grin and makes some kind of evil guy remark and then that's the end mm-hmm. that's it after after Aeschylus gets gets shot by an arrow and all these oh, right, right, right. Yeah, hooded yeah. folks are like the new prince is coming and what has to be like miles and miles away from the city Paris goes the new king is here as if he can hear them or like this was a coordinated little uh yeah. you know call and response marco polo yeah exactly uh yeah that's that's the gist that's three episodes the, the final thankfully still episodes are still star-crossed um and usually i gotta ask it i don't feel like i gotta ask it this time but i'm still gonna ask it hey andy yes ronnie uh, we watched three episodes of ABC's Still Starcrossed. Did these episodes work for you? They were incomprehensible to me, Ronnie. Mm. They, mm. They, they did not work. They were bad. Mm. Interesting. Interesting. Hey, Evan. Yes, Ronnie. These three episodes of ABC and Shonda Rhimes' uh, Still Starcrossed, did they work for you? No, unfortunately. I, the further they got from the events of Romeo and Juliet, the more the whole thing just fell apart. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hey, Ronnie. Hey, Ronnie. Yeah. Did these three shit shows of still start crossed work for you? Question mark. <laughs> well done, dear. New paragraph. Quotations. Tab. Tap, tap, to, tab. To which back, Ronnie back. responded. Um No, they didn't. It they they just like there were there were moments where like this show became compelling and comprehensible. 
but they were so, so few and far between. And they were like an island in the middle of just a completely nonsense and and shitty exposition driven sea. Um, and they just like took a big poop all over characters that I cared about. And so less than sign slash mark three. Yeah. Yep. Uh, open parenthesis, uh, apostrophe colon. Wait, no, that's a smiling, smiling, that's a smiling, crying face. I meant yeah. flip, flip the parenthesis. You don't understand what I'm saying. Leet. Um, we are going to uh, I don't talk think that's more. what leet is. Is that not what leet is? No, I think leet is when you use the numbers for letters in uh, words to spell things. I've only seen leet spelled with two threes instead of e, so I guess that makes sense. I am mm-hmm. old. Um, I we need to take a break, uh, and when we come back, we will talk about uh, what worked for us about these three episodes of Still Starcrossed. Hey, Brittany. Hey, all of you out there in podcast land. This is What You Call It. A podcast about life, liberty, and the pursuit of nerdiness. Here's what people are saying about it. Oh, have you heard of the What You Call It? Hey, that, that is my favorite podcast it is right now. so good. It is better than a tater tot hot dish. Well, I can't believe that for a second. You know, it's one of those big Midwest fancy things. A Midwest fancy? Yeah, I don't know what that is, but yeah, that's what it is. (laughs) You're gonna love it, though. Oh, you're just gonna love it. Have you heard Brittany talk about being from California? Have you heard Reed talk about being from the Midwest? Well, I never. And for crying in the soup, would you just listen to the the show? Don't take their word. Take a listen to the show. Yeah, blah, blah. We're the show. And remember, folks. Your belly button is your old mouth. Listen. From LunarLightStudio.com. All right, I want I want some real effort here. I want some real like put in the work, put in the enthusiasm. What worked for us about these three episodes of Still Starcrossed? Some of the dresses were nice. Some of the dresses are sure. pretty. I do have one genuine nice thing to say. Uh, in spite of all of my best efforts to hate it, I didn't totally hate the enemies to lovers Rosalind and Benvolio thing. I didn't totally hate it. And I think the only reason that I didn't completely hate it is because... At least the reason that they bonded is because they were really, like, trying to accomplish something together. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They were just, like, thrown together by happenstance and had all these, like, wacky, uh, awkward misadventures. Like, we have discussed the, oops, there's only one bed. Oops, we gotta share this cloak. I mean, that was in there. But... They were genuinely, like, they were both genuinely pursuing something that they had an investment in, like a personal investment in, and like they they had reason to be there under those circumstances, and they got closer together by pursuing that goal together. So, like, 
I bought it. I was okay with it. That did I it, love it? Did I love it? Right. No, right. but it was, yes. it was fine. It, it, it like did its job. So that and like the end of episode six where, um, you know, Paris kind of, uh, blackmails Rosalind and says like, if you tell Aeschylus what is actually happening, we're going to kill Aeschylus. We're going to kill you. And I'm going to like, you know, torture your sister. Like that, like, for a moment, I was like, this doesn't make sense. And then I was like, no, this makes sense. And I'm like invested. This is weird. I it's like I was more uncomfortable because I was suddenly invested in the like the dynamic. And, and she kind of has to like lie and say that Benvolio did kidnap her and Benvolio's hurt by that. And like it was just like I said, it was so it was something that made sense in just a sea of inconsistency. Like nothing, the plan to get there didn't make sense. Like the the plan of like Paris taking over didn't make sense. But this, this like I was like I understand why, you know, um, Rosalind feels like she needs to betray uh, Benvolio in this moment. Mm. But I don't like it because story reasons, and I also don't like it because how dare you? How dare you make me feel like this at this point? After all, after all you've done. Yeah, they did put in the time to, like, set up the kind of leverage that Paris had over Libya. I think Libya was kind of a doormat, like, the whole time. She didn't really do anything. She didn't really have any agency. She just, like, nursed this dude back to health, falling in love with him all the while, and was just kind of, like, young and naive and was like, oh, how dreamy. I, I, I love him. But... At least we spent the whole season, like, setting up this, like, control he had over her. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So those stakes were believable, I agree. Sure. Sure. Um, anything, Andy? Anything positive? Yeah. Because I just realized I'm out of those things and I have a lot of negatives, so. Some of the dresses were really pretty. I uh, I like that the guy in charge of Venice is called the Doge. The Doge. What I, Doge? I, I don't understand. I don't understand. I don't. I do not know what the structure of the government is, but it's spelled exactly the way you think it's spelled. D O G E. The Doge. Let's jump. Let's 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 go ahead and get get into what didn't work. So, I need to talk about this Doge. So speaking of the Doge. <laughs> We are introduced to him by what's her name and like the fact that I can't even remember her name doesn't Isabel. speak well of her character. Um, like is introduced to him and he's like sitting at a table and he's got like a sexy woman. He's got like, like a next... hand on each titty on either side of him, and, and he's then, like stuffing food in his mouth. And there's there's two women on like a pedestal dancing. But they're dancing like the way Vicky was dancing in the (laughs) season finale of season two of Community for for Pierce Hawthorne, where like they're just kind of like moving at the elbows and like that's it. And I think it was supposed to be like a look at how slutty this show is and look at these 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 women and look at this powerful man. But there was honestly like nothing sexual like no there was no sexual charge there it was comical and this could be me being 
gay. Like I'm not no, like it's I'm not. not like attracted to beautiful women that way. But I think I would have appreciated the enthusiasm at least if 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 there was anything going on there. Like it was just so awkward. I could only think of Vicky in Hawthorne Town <laughs> in the paintball episode dancing for peers. Like it was the, just that uncomfortable and that bad. It was the, just it was just weird. That day on set must have been terrible. The thing about the Doge is that, like, he has no guile and no charm. And, like, I think that the, the show is saying that, like, he still has power. at the So, like, that makes him a compelling villain. Because, like, at no point is he, like, coy about what he's doing or what he's saying. Like, he's not, like, trying to. He's just like, no, there's no consent here. And I get what I want and I don't have to like dance around that. Like I'm just that evil. Like I guess that's what they were going for. But all it made was that like he's not a compelling villain and he's not interesting. And it's just like, what are we doing here? This is not fit with any kind of the tone of what we've been watching for the past six episodes. Yeah, this is what I meant when I was saying that this show suddenly was like, not suddenly, this is where it showed its hand. This show was really desperate to be Game of Thrones. It was like, we're going to be sexy. And yeah. We're going to be edgy. We're going to really bring it this episode. We're going to, we're going to, you know, make people clutch their pearls with our lewd and direct discussion of sexuality. Um, but like, and even speaking as someone who's at least... 10 to 15% attracted to women. It was comical. Like, there was nothing... Like, I agree. There was nothing at all sexual Mm -mm. about this. That, like, the character was... The Doge was a weenie. Yeah. He was a real weenie. It felt like in evangelical movies where they can't show anything more mature than, like, PG but they still want to talk about sexual immorality. Like uh, Kirk Cameron in fireproof. They're trying to like show that he's addicted to porn, but they can't say the word porn (laughs) and they can't show porn. So they like show him (laughs) looking at these like PG images of women on his computer that like pop up and will say like wanna have a good time and it's like these PG images of women in this pop up and he just feels like an even bigger pervert and weirdo cause he's like getting off on these like perfectly like regular ass pictures of of women like it, it's it 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 was so sexless and tame, but they kept talking mm. about his appetites. Right. And, and this guy is insatiable, and he's got these appetites, and it's just, like, completely sexless, but also, like, real horny at the same right. time. It was just buck wild. Buck and it wild. also goes back to what we talked about with Alex and Addison during our, um, our Tuca and Birdie uh, review. Like, it's like, yes, you can clearly tell that this is a predator because look how creepy he is and look how obviously evil he is. And it's like, that's not that's not what predators do. Like, that's not real life. Like, it's 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 not like it's not so black and white like that. It's just it, it like, you know, that and the fact that the fact that it was like 
so unsexual, which brings back my point from last week. It just brought forward to the point of just like, oh, this show just wants to be shitty to women. Like, yeah, like however yeah. it can, like the, the, the women have no agency, because even if they were like, you know, sexual or like enticing him, they would express some agency. And it's just like, nah, they're just they're, they're like in turtlenecks and he's just like commanding them do what he wants. So like, you know, no, nah, I hate women, says the writer of this show. There's a this is unrelated to to. Star Starcrossed. Uh, there's a line where Kirk Cameron's wife is like, "You and your internet sites." <laughs> <laughs> he he also really wants a boat. Oh, and then to like delete the internet when he like meets oh, Jesus. This is so good. He like he like beats the shit out of his computer monitor he with a baseball bat. He does an office space to his computer yeah. on the front lawn. <laughs> and his his neighbor is just like, You okay? And he's like, Get out of here, George. <laughs> anyway. He drove seven demons out of that monitor that day. Don't watch Fireproof. Um it's not good. We're never doing fireproof. No, we're um. never doing fireproof. Um, I want to talk about the very, very bad plans. And the very, not even the bad plans. I want to talk about the bad, like, ex, but the way that characters are learning about things going on in their world. Because it is the clunkiest, worst way that it's ever happened on a show. Can we ever. talk just for a minute about that weird, uh, like playing in reverse sequence that, that happened like weird. twice? Oh, that was real and confusing. It went on, like, I, I get it. There's like some cinematic language happening there. Like we are familiar with the concept of rewinding. Like we're seeing mm -hmm. the characters move back in time. But typically, those transitionary sequences last like three to four seconds which sounds like no time at all but is more than enough time for us viewing to understand like people are walking backwards time is moving backwards we're going back to a different point in time this one like the one i'm remembering in particular it happened more than once but the one i'm remembering in particular went on for so long that i thought there was something wrong with the, like the video we frequently put our playstation controller on the sofa and then if someone like adjusts weird or like gets up and sits down it can hit the fast forward or rewind button on the controller which is why i like religiously now try and make sure the computer's not on the sofa because it can ruin a show and so i thought like i started looking for the controller because i thought like <laughs> We had adjusted weird or the cat had hit it or something. But no, the show was just rewinding for in like for like 15 seconds. Yeah, for a very again, long time. It doesn't sound like a long time when you say 15 seconds, but when you're watching it happen on screen and the seconds are ticking by and you're watching scenes you've watched, but in reverse and fast, you're like, what the fuck's going on? Was really, really waiting for Angelica Schuyler to pop up there and just be like, rewind, rewind, <laughs> rewind, you know, you know. Remember that from Hamilton? Yeah, Hamilton. <laughs> so I want to talk about the, the exposition, like the bad way that they're like uncovering the mystery yes. of what's going talk on. Talk about here. it. So Friar Lawrence learns what's going on from the nurse because she tells him in confession. Fine. That's a trope. Priests know all the things because of confession and then they use it 
against mm-hmm, people. Mm-hmm. Good job, Catholicism. Yeah. Um, so, but then, like, after that, I have to, like, walk this out in my brain. So the nurse confesses to the friar. The friar tells Benvolio that, like, y'all, you should get out of town because I'm getting out of town. And the friar goes to the monastery. Then Benvolio and Rosalind also go to the monastery. Then they, the friar takes the, like, dead for, like, an hour potion for no reason, which, like, oh, you, yeah. you would I think that, like, about that. he just, he's just, like, dead, which, like, you would think would draw attention to you, not the opposite. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so they're, like, with him in the crypt, and he finally comes to, and then he just, like, tells him the information, like, it's not like they, like hold his feet to the fire they were just there when he came back to life and then they go back to verona the place where all of them were originally where the friar could have just told them the damn knowledge we could have skipped this entire episode and we wouldn't even know no, we doges. couldn't have ronnie because they had to do they had to do the, the oh no there's only one bed uh, thing <laughs> uh, they had to do it uh, that was so important they had to do the only one right. bed it it was just it it was just so convoluted to get there and so bad. Did and they, like, did they murder the nurse in this show? Did they break her neck? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. They just did that because because she knew because because you know what's so good about this plan is that literally like everybody in Verona knows the details of this bad bad plan. Yeah. So well, there's some kind of like equation where like the more people are in on a conspiracy the more quickly it will become known to everyone. And he's got all of these henchmen everywhere. Yeah. There's like a million henchmen. So like everyone's in on it. There's a point where there's a henchman who kills a bunch of people in a church. Yeah. The Asian guy. Yeah. And, and Mm -hmm. he shows back up to like lady Capulet, like threatening her. And it like, it falls apart and he's just like, I just want to get paid for like what you said you were going to pay me for. And Lady Cadlet's like, nah, I don't think you actually do. Just, uh, just, like, wait. Like, once Paris is prince, like, it's gonna be fine. And then you want that, right? Like, and then he gets captured. And it's like, what, like... <laughs> and he, like, is ride or die for her still. It's wild. It's wild, the amount... Like, that is not what would happen at all. Like, Dude, have, she didn't pay you, and you're gonna right. get executed now. It's It's so... So rough. Like, the people that are in league with Paris and with Lady Capulet is just like, it's, it's, it doesn't make sense why they would be. Lady Capulet, or, yeah, Lady Capulet, her motivations and her, like, emotional state is so buck wild. It is all over the place. She's supposed to be, like, unstable or something. I don't know. And and then well, she's a woman on this show, so she's either a villain or unstable. Yes. And then Lady Montague is Romeo's aunt. Yes. Well, so she, ben, she's Benvolio's mom. No. So she is Montague. So she is the sister of um the head guy. Montague. So she's just never married, I guess. I guess so. Yeah, she's that's her thing. She just travels around and stuff like that. And they they talk about in this. It's another. Here's here's another bad exposition point. 
they like she's in there with Lord Montague. And yeah, she just shows up out of nowhere. She's never right. been here before. She doesn't even go here. She just shows up and, and is like, like, murder Benvolio or your penis is going to fall off. Well, she's just like, murder Benvolio or I'm going to tell everyone how we decided to murder Benvolio's father. And it's like, why, why, why do you feel the need to include that? Like, right here. Like, you, like it feels like they knew they were coming up against season, or episode seven being the finale because they were just like, just all of it. Everything we have. Dump it on the table. We have oh, just well. burn it down. Something I liked about Romeo and Juliet was that for for all of their differences, the Montagues and Capulets are essentially fine, decent people, and they're kind of the same coin. You have Tybalt, who's maybe like a little bit of a sociopath and is maybe like a little too hot-headed, but besides him, both families are generally pretty good people, but they just have this irrational, long-standing hatred of each other, Hatfields, McCoys, whatever. Mm-hmm. But this? Both families are just fucked. Yeah. They're, they're both just awful, awful people who keep, like, faking miracles and burning down churches and murdering people and murdering rooms full of people and breaking old women's necks and Capulet uh, burns faking. down the church and is like it's 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 wild because it's literally like three second scene of him deciding to do this with no like compulsion to do so and then later they're just like he burned down the church and he's like yeah my family built it, it was mine to burn down it's like what? what why are you being so cavalier about this what is going on also, all of the shots of buildings are, like, annoy me for some reason. They're, They're all the like, same. There's only three shots yeah, they have. Yeah, they, they have, like, like they only have the model, the 3D model texturized from one angle, and it looks good. So they just use the same, like, zoom-in, like, like aerial shot, like, zoom-in thing every I time. I would have been much happier if they cut in just a random clip of this this city of philadelphia like they did in the one show that we watched it's all es- just just randomly i was really excited for Aeschylus. i was like here right. is a he's gonna be like a really important character he's like young but he's like ready to prove himself and he's got wisdom and he's gonna be the voice of reason and like to have a like strong male person of color in this role was really exciting. And he is just so incompetent and it's awful. And he like, he really has no agency and uh, he's so sure of himself, but wrong about literally everything all the time. And he goes back and forth on his decisions like constantly and he seems to make decisions without any real like logic or thought behind it and so disappointing so so disappointing anytime i type d into my phone now it's like did you mean dingus because i wrote so many times in my notes Asculus is such a dingus 
Boy, what a dingus that Aeschylus is. What a bad guy and a dingus, Aeschylus, Prince of Verona. It, it is like at the end of it where Paris is like, oh, if you say the word, I'm going to kill Aeschylus and, you know, that you love him. So I was like, why? Why does she still love him? Because he's a huge dingus. Like, why is she not over this it, extreme dingus? It is like, I think, a textbook example of, like, how to not do representation. Because, uh-huh. like, what a, f- what a fucking waste of a character and a waste of talent. And uh, what a shame to have, like, a strong, like, black character just totally, totally mishandled and wasted. A strong black character, like, a strong black actor handling what should be a very strong, like, from the source material, is a very strong, like you said, a reasoned, like, voice of reason character that they just absolutely... Like, not even don't know what to do with. They take what they have and just completely shit on it and just completely go in a different direction. Same with Friar Lawrence. Friar Lawrence becomes, like, the biggest narc that's ever lived all of a sudden. And if, if this show hates women, this show also hates men. That's because fair. The, the that's men, fair. the men in this show are, like, petty and immature and cowardly and... Just fucking dumb. Just, they're all dumb. And none of them have any sort of moral compass. And none of them have any sort of values. Mm -hmm. They're all just, like, base and and feckless and badly written. (laughs) Yeah. I think that this show hates all characters written by the bard William Shakespeare, and also all women who were not written by William Shakespeare. Yeah. Um, the other real, real bad, um, like, uh, exposition moment is when, after uh, Paris and Olivier have uh, consummated their, their new marriage, uh, she just finds, you know incriminating evidence in in the coat pocket of her new husband because when i commit a crime i make sure to keep all of the evidence on me at all times on my person just in case someone uh just you know goes through my clothes it was very annoying that like even then it was purely by happenstance she like that fell out of his jacket while she was like sniffing his clothes right like he had left the room for a minute and she was like oh, i love him so much and she like sniffed his jacket and the letter fell out and she's like oh what's this you know like right she 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 had no power in like at all figure, at figuring all. that out yeah and that final scene was a way to like put that nail in the coffin of like aha you thought that this person was actually gonna have a happy ending and like some agency and be a princess no 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 how dare you think that why did they burn that letter like why wouldn't you burn the letter immediately doesn't make any sense doesn't make any sense 
Nothing makes sense, Ronnie. Nothing makes sense. The, the, the way that they found that they like got around the the doge situation so that like because another big, big part of this, these three episodes for both Isabella and Rosalind is, yeah, but what about your virginity? If you don't have your virginity, you're basically worthless. And so they have to like navigate around that with the doge. Oh. Aeschylus yelling at Rosalind for like being seen with a man like they're going to think you don't have your chastity anymore was like I throw up in my mouth. It was real gross. It's just like it's it's that kind of thing where like I, I, I don't know if I like perfectly said it last time. Like I understand that that is the case. I understand that at this time that was probably how it happened. But it's just like the hammering and the verbiage that they use and it's just over and over again when you just don't like it doesn't have to be that way yes you don't have to talk about it all the time but also like you have like made that the basis and framework of your show like what why what are you doing i really don't think that was how it was like like the joke about only virgins being able to be the ones to ride unicorns from like (laughs) old time in days was the joke that a virgin is as likely to be found as a unicorn. Mm-hmm. Like people be fucking all the time, all throughout history. Like you don't need your show to be weirdly sexist and obsessed with virginity to have some sort of like historical accuracy when like a ton of shit in this show is not historically mm-hmm. accurate. No, that's fair. And and All those costumes are not historically accurate. And, and those Come on, I- guys. And those ideas of virginity are also really not historically accurate. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So frustrating. And then they kept mentioning like Romeo and Juliet. And every time they did it, I was just like, boy, howdy. I would so much rather be watching a show that gave a shit about Romeo and Juliet. Because this show doesn't. This show doesn't. This show completely just took a left turn and, like, cannot even see Romeo and Juliet in the rear view anymore. So bad. So bad. Uh, what are we doing next? I don't know. It wasn't my turn to pick, so... I think it's, I think it's a a viewer pick. Is it a viewer pick? Yeah. Okay, well, let me, let me, you know what it's time for, then. I know, I know housemate Kim has been requesting we do Thundercats. To be honest with you, I would love to do Thundercats. I, I'm, I'm going to pick, I'm going to pick Thundercats if our viewer pick is not Thundercats. But, uh, Thundercats seems Thundercats rad. from when? Did Kim send an email? Because we told them in order for viewer consideration to be considered, you, uh, you gotta, you gotta send us an email to the ending pending Gmail. Are we talking 2011's Thundercats? The one yeah, with no, uh, the, the Critical one. Role people. Yeah, yep, I see that. Yeah. Uh, let's uh, retcon real life and say that, yeah, Housemate Kim definitely, let me read this email here uh, from, uh, it's uh, Housemate <laughs> C- Cam? No, nope, Kim, it says Kim. It says Kim. Uh, you should do Thundercats, the one with uh, a bunch of people from Critical Role. Love the show. Uh, thanks, thanks for creating it and being awesome creators. Hey, thanks, housemate Kim, um, whoever you are. Looks like we're going to do Thundercats 2011, uh, next. Can we listen to that Reliant K song a bunch, too? 
I know some Reliant K, but you're gonna you're gonna have to walk me the rest of the way with the, the, the chorus is literally Thundercats, whoa, Thundercats, whoa, I'm lying oh. Like that's, that's probably uh, that's probably this, when 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 Reliant K was trying to go mainstream and they thought maybe they could get a, a sweet uh, TV intro deal. What a bunch of sellouts, you know what I mean? Not to make the joke about how all of Reliant K's songs are either I'm real horny for my girlfriend or I'm real horny for Jesus, mm-hmm. but uh, or or like I'm going to do a silly song. That's that's sure. that's Reliant K. Sure. And even the songs that I'm about being horny for Jesus still feel like it's kind of a little bit horny for, for your girlfriend kind of thing. Well, yeah, you can't tell the difference. Sure, sure. Be My Escape sounds like it's about Jesus, but the music video, uh, Matt Thiessen keeps like picking up this picture of a Zoe Deschanel lookalike. Mm. And it's like, wait, I thought this song was about Jesus, but now it really seems like your girlfriend no. was crucified for your sins. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Ooh. Somebody check Hi, that. Christians Somebody so check weird. his it's closet. To, it's hard to tell. Uh, it's hard so to tell. We're not covering Reliant K. We are covering Thundercats 2011. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm pretty stoked, actually. This yeah, this is going like to be fun. A lot of episodes. It's like is 22 it? episodes. Woofa doofa. But they're, they're short, half hour. Yeah. I think. I would assume. It's a cartoon, right? Yeah, yeah. It can't be that long. Okay. All right, well that's fine. It's been a minute since we've done an animated series. Um, also, I yep. heard this one's good. I mean, the voice cast is great. It's got, voice cast uh, looks good. Wilfred Dell, Matt- Matthew Mercer. Mm-hmm. Um, I forget everyone else, but I know Wilfred Dell and Matthew Mercer are in it. D. Bradley Baker, hell yeah. D- is that a Star Wars guy? Yeah, he voices all of the clones. Mm, I knew. So there, there are like entire episodes of Clone Wars where he is the only voice actor except for the droids. Ah, oh, good shit. Does he He's voice great. the Bad Batch? Yeah, is he that, voices. He voices all of the clones. Every that's single who you were, clone who you were talking about on the one episode of, uh, of Force Friends. Yeah. You listen to my podcast. I do. I like it. It's very fun. Oh, oh 24 episodes. Jesus Christ. It's a lot of episodes. <laughs> I mean, this 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 email from Housemate Kim is very ethereal, so we we, we can we can still go back on this. Um, no, no, let's do it. Let's do I, it. I think it'll be fun. I think it'll be a good time. We um, oh fuck yeah, Clancy Brown. This is gonna be great. Yeah, I think this is gonna go relatively quickly and easily. It'd be nice to watch a show that's good. Mm-hmm. It would be nice. How many episodes are we watching for this first episode of Ending Pending? Oh, it's got some people from Buffy and Angel in it. Uh, I would say, like, about five. We would need to watch about five. Also, like, if we if we take an extra episode to cover yeah, it's fine. Thundercats, so we're not killing ourselves, I'm fine with that. Like, we did still Starcrossed in three, so if we want to give Thundercats sure. an extra... <laughs> Like that, that feels is, appropriate. That is the final thing that Still Starcross did for us is that it the only good thing is that it uh it sacrificed one of its ending pendings to give to Thundercats 2011. Yeah. Is there a season 2 for Still Starcrossed? I mean they clearly set one up, but like what what is the season 2 other than just like the underground <sighs> kingdom of Verona like my pitch for season two. Season two of 
still star-crossed is the final season of Game of Thrones. That's how it goes. I mm-hmm. literally, I literally thought when when he pulled um, Benvolio out of the the um, the droppy cutty thing, help me the guillotine. The guillotine. How did I forget the word guillotine? Incidentally, that was not invented at the time, so that very not, good. Yeah, it, the the guillotine was invented much later. Uh, when he pulled him out of there, I thought he was going to call for a trial by combat. And I was like, this cannot be, we cannot have another Game of Thrones here. Like, this is, this is too much Game of Thrones. Stop it. My pitch Um, for season two is the, the writer's room for Still Starcrossed does a seance and they talk to the spirit of Billy Shakes. And then one by one, Billy gets his revenge He's killing them. He's, he's he's killing them. Yeah, the ghost of Billy Shakes is just like, nope, you ruined my work. Yeah, well, I don't uh, want these people to die. I'm sure no. they're I'm sure they're fine, upstanding people. But anyway, uh, next week, Thundercats. Thunder, thunder, Thundercats! Thunder. I never thunder saw the original cats. Thundercats, so I have no cultural context. I, I have never seen any Thundercats, so this will be my first. I, I'll talk about it next time, but I was not allowed to watch Thundercats in my house. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't allowed to watch Power Rangers. Interesting. I wonder if it's for as a silly reason as mine is. You'll have to tune in next week to find out. Can, can I ask for a, a hint? Was it Christian Reasons? Mine was not Christian reasons. Mine was related to the sound of music. Ooh. Okay. Tune in next week <laughs> to find out what the hell we're talking about. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at PendingPod. Follow us on Facebook at PendingPod. Follow us on Instagram at EndingPending. Send us an email, PendingPod at gmail.com. Check like Root Housemate Kim did. Like, like, definitely like Housemaid Kim did. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely happened. I have it right here in front of me. I printed it out and everything. Uh, it's I got it notarized. Um, <laughs> you can check out other podcasts on Lunar Light Studio. Check out LunarLightStudio.com. Bunch of shows there. A bunch of great shows like Gaming New Horizons and Mock Footage and uh, uh, Bad Romance. We talked about them a lot last time. Excellent, Force Friends Rewatch. Thing. Force Friends Rewatch. How could I forget Force Friends Rewatch? Honestly, honestly, honestly. We, Force we Friends have Rewatch. Like five listeners. <laughs> Force Friends Rewatch is doing an amazing, like a mind-blowing concept with the like watch along with us genre of podcasts, and I am so here for like where that goes and how I and got how that. I got real high and listened to the Mandalorian theme on repeat and came up with this roadmap. So it's, it's very good. I'm very excited for what's coming next for y'all. Um, Do you think I can write Friends. that pot off as like an, a tax exempt thing for my sure. podcast? Let, let's let's contact the Lunar Light Studio Network at LunarLightStudio.com to figure out if your pot is tax exempt. Uh, they're located, they're like LLC in Jersey, and I think it's legal there. So, other than that, donate to the Patreon so that Andy can uh, tax expense more weed. Um, I'm making this whole outro about your illicit drug use. Um, it's for my glaucoma. Our extremely <laughs> occasional, like once every two month 
weed consumption. <laughs> Your extreme weed consumption, where more times than not, Andy texts me and goes, oh no, this I've taken a weed, and the uh, very important event has popped up in my life that I have to be not high for. That was a good time. I played that <laughs> fucking cool as ice, yo. It has happened more than once. Has it? Uh, yeah. Not, not I only as... remember the one, but I guess that's because of the weed. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what do we say to close this thing out, Andy? I don't fucking know. Fuck this podcast. <laughs> no, not this podcast. I'm sorry. No, we're about to do. We're about to we're do Thundercats. It's gonna be great. Oh, we're doing Firefly. It's happening. Oh, not wow. next, but someday. That's our new sign someday. off. We're gonna do Firefly. Still not doing no. Fireproof, but we will do Firefly. Yeah. Those up on Blue. Lunar Light Studio. Pretty, witty, and gay.